Love and marriage, love and marriage. They go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. That's enough of that. <laughs> Whether you first heard this song off of a Frank Sinatra album or as the sarcastic intro to the Fox sitcom Married with Children, speaks to an assumption we have in the Western world, and that's that love naturally goes with marriage. But for nearly all of recorded history, this wasn't so. This wasn't the case. People got married for every reason but love. People got married to further business prospects, to forge alliances between families, or to fulfill social obligations. All the marriages in the Old Testament are this way. Well, except maybe for the one between Jacob and Rachel, but that one got a little complicated too. Abraham and Sarah don't want Isaac to marry one of the women of the land, lest his heart go after other gods, so they arrange marriages with another branch of their family. And before we think that's disgusting, that it was pretty common and still is pretty common in much of the world. David and Solomon's marriages were not done out of love, but to forge political alliances and to make lots of babies. Even the sainted Martin and Katie Luther didn't marry for love. They both admitted as such, but out of duty. Love came later. Yet there is a love between Ruth and Boaz. It's not a romantic love, though. It isn't a fleeting love, depending on feelings, attitude, or one's digestion. This love is called in Hebrew, hesed, the word I bring up quite a bit because it is my favorite Hebrew word. It's translated a lot of different ways. Steadfast love, loving kindness, fidelity, or as Boaz uses it in chapter 3, remember when Ruth comes down to the threshing floor in the deep, dark night? Boaz uses it in the sense of loyalty. It encompasses all these meanings and more, and it is the undercurrent of the whole book of Ruth. It is curious that in Christian Bibles, Ruth is placed between Judges and 1 Samuel. It's kind of a nice little interlude there. Jewish Bibles place it at the end with other writings, like the Song of Songs. But it makes sense, and after the violence and brutality of the book of Judges, it, it's a welcome relief, because there isn't much love in Judges, nor in, in 1 Samuel, not really. Judges is filled with idolatry, violence, and oppression. And while there's love in 1 Samuel, the book that follows, between Hannah and her son, Samuel, between David and Jonathan, much of the book is concerned with the establishment of David's reign. In contrast, Ruth, set during the period of the Judges, is like the eye in the hurricane. In the one-horse town of Bethlehem, a town of little account or prestige even then, we see God's purposes begin to unfold in the lives of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. You've heard a lot of this love over the past few weeks, and it's been nice to hear some of the preaching that, from, from others these last few weeks. Chapter 1, Ruth begged Naomi, and really, 
the King James Version, in my opinion, is, is the only version to hear Ruth's plea to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest I will go, and where thou lodgest I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. This is chesed. This is love. Love that shows great loyalty and faithfulness despite the risks, and the risks were great for Ruth. Remember, Ruth is not only a foreigner, she's a Moabite. And I don't know if you've read Genesis 19 lately, but the Moabite origin story is a really sordid one on the level of Game of Thrones. Ruth was leaving her homeland, her people, and her gods for a place where her whole lineage was seen as shameful. Little wonder Naomi does her utmost to convince her to go back home, go back to her people, go back to her gods, go back to what she knows. But Ruth doesn't, out of love and loyalty for her mother-in-law, Ruth follows Naomi back to Bethlehem. But Ruth, fortunately, isn't the only loyal one, otherwise we'd have a tragedy worthy of Shakespeare. Boaz is shown to be an honorable man, even though he engages in a little bit of trickery on his own, kind of like Naomi and Ruth in, in chapter 3. The beginning of chapter 4, Mr. So-and-so. By the way, that, in verse 1 it says, sit down, friend. It really is better translated, sit down here, Mr. So-and-so. Mr. So-and-so thinks he's going to redeem a nice bit of land, but then Boaz drops the poison pill. Oh, by the way, when you redeem this land, you have to marry this foreign woman, too. Mr. So-and-so's response is what we might expect of a good Israelite. Ruth doesn't have any bad people, really, in the story. In contrast to Judges, where there aren't really any good people in the book of Judges, Ruth doesn't really have any bad people. Foreign marriages were suspect at best in much of the Old Testament, if not viewed with outright hostility. Indeed, after the people returned from exile, several hundred years later, Ezra and Nehemiah demand all marriages with foreign women be dissolved out of a concern for idolatry. Mr. So-and-so isn't bad. He's just doing what he believes is demanded of him. But Boaz and Ruth know a better way. Boaz and Ruth knew that loyalty, that chesed, transcends bounds of insider and outsider, of foreigner and native-born. It transcends our usual categories of ordering the world, and it points to the love and loyalty of God beyond our comprehension. You see, God is not in the business of cutting people off or shutting people out. God constantly seeks to include, to broaden the circle of love and loyalty. God began this with a particular people from a particular family, the family of Abraham. And in Jesus Christ, broadened it 
to include outsiders like you and me. Unless we forget, when it comes to God's family, we were born outsiders. When we were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were adopted into God's family. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Boaz and Ruth's descendant Jesus, we're welcomed into the family of God with open arms. God's loyalty and loving kindness to us, God's hesed is constant. Out of God's hesed, God in Christ gives us what we need each day. God forgives our sins and gives us each a place among God's people. And God in Christ adopts us as members of God's own family in baptism, just as God did with Ruth. Ruth was an adopted daughter of God. And God gives us food for the new person within us in Holy Communion each and every Sunday, just as God provided abundantly for Ruth and Naomi's needs. God makes a way out of no way. Two widows of different peoples, one old and one young, had lost everything. They had no means of support, nothing except God and each other. Yet God used them in their loyalty to each other to bring new life beyond their wildest dreams. Through their loyalty, God planted the seeds to bring about the salvation of the whole world. It is so refreshing to read a biblical text where God works out of people's good works rather than working despite their bad works. If God could do that through two widows... Who knows what God can do through you? God is loyal. God is faithful. God is love. And in all experience, circumstances, whatever we experience, God is trustworthy. God took care of Ruth and Naomi. God will care for you and for me too. Thanks be to God. Amen.